Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, super awesome, super good. Um, I said this morning in the in the services that like if if um, if you encourage me, I do preach better. So you know you can kind of shout it out. You can uh, cheer me on up here. Um, you can laugh even if it's a bad joke. Do we have an agreement? Yeah, are we good? All right. Great to see you guys tonight. We actually are finishing our family vibe series. We've been working through this for a number of weeks, and the reason why we're finishing it up is because next week is our 100th anniversary. Can you believe that? That's crazy. As a church, we've been existing for 100 years, and next week is our celebration week of our anniversary, and uh, we're going to have some pretty cool services in the morning, but then we're also going to do something at night for for you guys. Uh, We'll be showing some really cool videos that kind of tell some legacy story. Uh, Pastor Lucas and I will will share a little bit about what it means to kind of live out legacy, and um, I want to invite you to to be a part of that next week, so that's going to be really, really cool. And uh, Brendan, you mentioned conference. Can I just drive that point home a little bit? Um, listen, I just want you to know that um, conference would require some of your time. It's over a weekend. Um, and it would require uh, some of your money because there is a cost. Um, but we must have a student rate because you guys are poor, right? You don't have any money. So um, I would say this. If you're like, I want to go, but I don't have any money, you just need to tell us that because this is an important event for us. Um, the reason why is because it's in moments like this, in those margin times, in those longer times, um, where we get to really hear from God. In fact, um, I, know, I know you're in my, I don't know who's in the media room, but I'm sure you're amazing. Um, can you put the, could you, may I please have the slide of the conference just once again? Um, how are we doing? Wow. Come on. Let's, you're on it. I would have no idea how to do that. Um, I just want you to notice, these are my friends, um, and um, these are great people. So Christo Emmanuel, um, he pastors a multi-site church in Chennai, India, um, and he's dynamic and powerful, and he's going to be speaking on Friday night at the conference. And um, next to him is Mike Miller, and Mike Miller is actually um, one of my favorite communicators. He lives in Halifax. He speaks all over the U.S. He does like camps and conferences everywhere. He's building a beautiful church called Nova Church in Halifax. And he sent me a text um, just a, like, like probably four or five days ago. And he said, Andy, God woke me up at 4 a.m. I have such a word burning in my heart for your church. And I just thought, man, thank you. Because that's the kind of stuff we've been praying for. And that's what we're expecting to happen at conference. And then up here on the top, my friend Jonathan Lambert, um, he and I um, work together on a lead team to plant churches across Canada. He carries a vision for the nation and a powerful communication gift. And he'll be preaching our closing of our conference, which will actually be this service on the Sunday night of conference. So I want to encourage you uh, to be there. And then... um, uh, up in the corner here, these older folks, 
They are legends. Legends. Have you heard of Watoto? Has anybody ever heard of Watoto in Uganda? Um, uh, see, we, th- she knows. Barbara knows them. Barbara's from Uganda. She knows them. These guys changed the nation of Uganda. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And they've got a word in their hearts for, actually, they, their heart burns for young people, like for young adults. And so I want you to know, this isn't the conference for the old people, guys. This is your conference. This is your moment. And God wants to speak into your life. And, you're, and if you weren't encouraged about conference, let me just encourage you. I'm taking a bit of my time, but it's that important. Get there if you can. Get there. Because God's going to say something to you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to encourage your heart. Get there. Conference is going to be amazing. Okay? Good? So it's a couple weeks away. I hope to see you there. Right on. End of commercial. Ready? Okay, back to family vibes. Man, you are on it. I don't know who you are, but I love you. I love you. So, um, Pastor Lucas was, did Pastor Lucas preach in this service last week? Did he preach about making a difference? And did he, did he make that really cool statement about before you can make a difference, you have to be made different? Did he talk about that last week? Yeah, some of you are like, I think so. Yeah, I, I listened to the message. I wasn't here, but I heard the message. It was powerful. It was amazing. And I'm going to pick up on the idea of making a difference. This is the second week that we're talking about this. And he really set the groundwork by saying, before we can make a difference, we have to be made different. God has to transform us. And I want to pick up on the practical stuff. And I want to invite you, if you will, to recite with me the four pillars that really guide us as a church and a movement, because they're that important. I'm going to put them on the screen so you can't get them wrong, okay? It's Sunday school class. Let's do the, say it together. Are you ready? Come on, let me hear your voices. You guys are super cool, but this is cool. It's cool to say this out loud with me. I'm telling you. Maybe you didn't know that, but it's awesome, okay? And so let's do it together. Are you ready? Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. And so right now we're in this make a difference thing. We've talked about all this stuff for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And the reason why is because this is what drives us as a movement. And this is not just some pie in the sky thing we put in the wall. This is what we're trying to live out as a community. And this is what we value. And it's what we want for you and for everybody else. That you would know God. That you would find freedom. Total freedom in your life. That you would discover the purpose. And that's where Grow Track kicks in. And then through discovering that purpose, you would actually begin to execute in your life in making a difference. And so here's a, here's a plug for Grow Track. Come to Grow Track. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you 15 minutes and we'll give you food. It's pretty awesome. So we'll see you afterwards at Grow Track. You, you might be asking yourself, well, Andy, I, I, okay, I can understand you want me to know God and find freedom. I really, like, that's my jam. I'm into that. That's exciting. I want to be liberated. I want to go to heaven. I want to get things. Like, I'm good there. And hey, purpose, I know the world is all about me. So I want to have my purpose, to, you know, defined. And I want to know who I am and where I, where I fit. But this make a difference thing. Why would you, as a church, concern yourself with me as an individual making a difference? Some of you might say, you know what, I think this is like the bait and switch moment. I think this is where the church says they want my money. <laughs> I think this is where the church says they're going to they're gonna take all my time. But I want you to understand something. This church doesn't want something from you. It wants something for you. Like we dream for you. 
We believe for you. We know God has a plan for you. We're convinced of God's goodness in your life. And and we concern ourselves with helping you make a difference because that's God's will for your life. Did you know that? That's why you're on the planet. You're here to make a difference. It's God's will for your life. And also, it's the most fulfilling way that you can actually live your life. I like to say it this way. You were made on purpose with a purpose. You're designed, man. God knit you together. That's what the Bible says. That he puts you together just the way you are. Someone was trying to encourage me over here and nobody helped them. You know, they clapped once and then it got super awkward. So I'll say it again and you clap, okay? And I bet you others will join you, okay? You were made on purpose with a purpose. All right. You guys nailed it. You just need some help. That's all. Listen, here's the bottom line. It's the most fulfilling way for you to live your life. It's to live your life activating that purpose by making a difference in other people's lives. And here's what I know. Over the long haul, you'll be the happiest. You'll be the most fulfilled if you are on a team serving somebody else. This is the magic. This is the beauty of what the church does. Yes, it's hard at times. And yes, it's inconvenient. But let me ask you a question. Would you trade easy and convenient for life-changing and deeply meaningful? Would anybody be willing to make that trade? I'll give up easy and convenient for life-changing and deeply meaningful. Because being a difference maker brings fulfillment and meaning to your life. And that's why we never, ever apologize for inviting you to serve. We never apologize. Why? Because it serves your best interest. We're thinking about you and about what God wants to do in your life and how you can actually come alive when you discover your purpose and make a difference with it. Listen, the very best version of you is waiting on the other side of your yes. God has you in mind and something good in mind for you. You hear us talk about joining team. Join team, join team, join team. Help us, help us. What is team? (laughs) Team is just the word we use for everybody who serves. It doesn't matter where you serve. It doesn't matter what you do. You serve inside of the church. You serve outside the church. You serve alongside of us. You serve as an agent of ours out there. Man, whatever it is that you're doing, you are on team. And our goal is that you never serve alone. And here's why. Because ministry is a team sport. See, Jesus Jesus had 12 disciples, not one. (laughs) There was something about that community that was transformative. And listen, when he sent them out, he sent them out in pairs. He didn't send them out alone. The whole point of this is that you get to do this with others. That's the blessing. That's the benefit. Ministry is a team sport. So the title of my message tonight is Make a Difference Inside and Out. Inside and Out. And what I'm saying is is you can make a difference inside your church and you can can make a difference outside of the church in the world. So we've been working through the book of Colossians. Today I'm going to be in chapter 4, but before we get to that, let's review from last week a couple of verses that will help us see what it looks like to make a difference inside the church, okay? So the, the, words, um, the verses are going to come up here. It's, I'm going to read Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, and this is one of the verses that uh, Pastor Lucas would have touched on last week. Let's read this together. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude 
in your hearts. You see, this is a picture of ministry inside the church. This is mutual. This is one another. This is back and forth. This is teaching and admonishing, which means to urge, um, to encourage. Uh, it, it, there's pictures of worship here, of, uh, of being involved in, in worship scenario and worshiping and, and presenting what the Spirit is saying to others. And, and, and listen, when we think about the church, there's all kinds of places you can serve. Yeah, you can serve in worship on the stage, in the media room. And at the sound desk, you can serve on the cameras. You can, man, you can serve, the house is broad and beautiful. You can serve at different campuses. You can serve in kids' ministry. You can serve with youth. You can serve with adults. You can teach. You can be a small group leader where you're always admonishing. You're always encouraging. You're always urging. Um, you can be really practical. Man, we need people in the parking lot to help people find their way. Welcome, coffee. Coffee is spiritual. Amen. It's good. See, the point is, is that there's so many practical things that we can do inside of the church, but it doesn't stop there. In fact, the next verse really broadens and pushes us into a whole nother realm. And it says this, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so what just happened to our idea of like blessing and ministering to each other? It just got about everything. Every breath, every moment, every time I open my mouth, every time I do something or I say something, I do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God. And here's the point. We don't serve for praise. We serve as praise. When you serve, you're giving glory to God. You're, you're, you're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to, to the glory of God the Father. You're thanking God. You're giving thanks through your life. And so I just want to say, when you serve, it's not about what people see. It's not about uh, Pastor Lucas giving you a fist pump or interviewing you. <laughs> he does that a lot, doesn't he? He's a good interviewer. It's about you knowing that I'm doing this for the King of Kings. This is my moment to shine for Jesus. This is my opportunity to do what I do to the glory of God. And so here I am admonishing you. That's, that's one of the words here, urging you, encouraging you, get involved, join teams, serve in the house. And now we're gonna shift our attention to the real point of the message, to the broader point of the message, which is simply this. Today's focus is on what we do outside of the walls of the church. And we all know how easy it is to come to church and leave our faith here. Have a moment, bless the Lord, praise, make sense, and go out without transformation or without bringing transformation with us. And so here's an important question. And it's a question that keeps the church on its toes. It's a question that keeps me up at night, and it's simply this. If our church ceased to exist, would our city even notice? Would it only be the for sale sign out front that they notice? Would it only be the fact that the, the lights are out and it's dark? Or would there be something missing in the community because this church is no longer here? Is it, is it possible that there would be a need that would go unmet because this church isn't here? This is the kind of question that I said keeps me up at night. And there's a benefit, of course. There's a benefit to our city in the spiritual reality that we present, the invitation to Jesus. And so, yeah, hear me. I get that. And not only do I get it, I value it. 
But understand that there must be something else. There must be something practical that we're able to say to our city that if we cease to exist, that would no longer be there. That benefit, that blessing, that ministry, that outreach, that feeding program, that, that, um, that, that ministry to, to the disenfranchised would no longer be there. It's a stirring question. If our church ceased to exist, would the city even notice But there's an adjusted question that I believe is even more important, and it's really going to be the theme for us for the rest of the night. And it's simply this. How do we become difference makers on Vancouver Island? Because really, if you're making a difference, it's unavoidable that you are going to be valued and appreciated in your context. So I want to look at the Bible in chapter 4 of Colossians to really find our footing, okay? So we're going to read a couple of verses. I love these verses. These verses have got in my heart, in my soul, and I hope they'll do the same for you. You ready for this? Let's, let's look at these words together, and let's make sure that as we're reading them, Colossians 4, 5, and 6, that we don't just do that thing, you know, that button you hit, that, that uh, dial you turn when someone starts reading the Bible, and you're like, oh, there's a bird. Let's really grab this one, okay? Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let's read it again. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This encouragement from Paul at the end of Colossians, which is, by the way, a church, his encouragement to a church about how you really make a difference in the world around you. And I just love this so much. And I've got a few thoughts for you, if you'll just stay with me for a few minutes here. I'd say this, making a difference on our island means that, number one, we think before we act. Look at that very, very first part of the verse. It says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Be wise in the way you act. Be wise in the way you act. Start with thinking before you're acting. Be wise in the way you act. It's too late to determine whether the way you've acted is wise if you do it after. You have to do it before. You have to think before you act. And there's an interesting word here, outsiders. Outsiders is a bit of an offensive word. It feels a little bit like, ooh, a bit cringy. Like, can we just get that one out of there? Because outsider makes it feel like we're the insiders and you're the outsiders. But let's just be practical with it. This is actually a word that even Jesus himself used. When we're talking about an outsider, we're talking about someone who's outside of the church, someone who's not here tonight, someone who has not acknowledged Jesus as their savior. They're out there. They're not in here. They haven't met Jesus. They haven't received his love. They haven't acknowledged his lordship. And so this this is a term that Jesus used in Mark chapter 4. He was talking about people who hear him but don't understand. He said they're outsiders. They're they're standing on the outside. They can't get in because they fail to understand. So here's a question. What does it mean to be wise in the way you act toward outsiders? I'm going to give you some thoughts. Number one, you don't judge them. Did you know that? 
Do you know that we're not called to judge those who are outside? In fact, listen to what, what Paul, the apostle, says. The same guy who wrote the verse that, that's our text for today. He said in 1 Corinthians 5, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? You see, this is biblical evidence that even the apostle Paul understood something. It's not my job to judge the world around me. That's not my job. I don't judge the outsider. And so why is it that some of us think that we should? Because we shouldn't. It's kind of actually humorous. Look at what they did. I can't believe it. Well, what do you expect? Look at them. They're so unchristian. Exactly. What do you expect? I mean, what are you expecting to see? Of course they don't act like Christians. They're not. So what kind of judgment do we have for them? And Paul says there is a way that we work out judgment. And he goes on in these verses to say, listen, we're going to judge what goes on inside. We're going to make sure that we're on target inside. We're going to let leadership, Christian leadership, make determinations about what we do and how we do it. But out there, we're going to let God judge. That's God's world. That's God's thing. In here, we're going to use judgment. And so wisdom says this. You want to be wise in the way you act toward outsiders? Don't try to do God's job and let church leaders do theirs. Man, I tell you, that's very liberating. Let me continue here for just a few moments. What does it mean to be wise in the way you act toward outsiders? Well, I said don't judge them. But secondly, let me say keep quiet and work hard. Just keep quiet and work hard. Paul told the Thessalonians that. He said, you should mind your own business. That's pretty good advice, eh? Does the Bible really say that? Absolutely. 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Mind your own business. Put that on your bumper sticker, right? Mind your own business. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of who? Outsiders. That's what we're talking about. You win the respect of outsiders by minding your own business and working hard. Man, I can do that. It's probably the best advice you've received all week. Mind your own business. Just stay in your lane. Do you. Mind your business and make yourself useful. Don't be lazy. You can, you can tap your neighbor if they're lazy and tell them, don't be lazy. I saw how, how, how much time you spent playing video games. Don't be lazy. Work hard to be a blessing. That's the beauty of this verse. And guess what the result is? You win respect. You know, the Bible says this. Did you know that? This is what the Bible says. A good name is better than riches. Wow. There's something valuable about the way that we present ourselves to the outsiders. We think before we act. And so, yeah, making a difference is about thinking before we act. It's about not judging. It's about keeping quiet and working hard. Why? Because at some point, <coughs> excuse me, people will notice and you'll win respect. You know what I hope? I hope my neighbors come to my funeral. <laughs> Sounds kind of morbid. Yeah, well, I do. I'll tell you why. Because I hope I, li I have lived my life well in front of them. I hope they come, not because they share my faith, because they don't, but because I've won their respect and they want to pay their respects. I hope that the people in your world would say, you know what, I may not agree, but I respect that. 
I respect the way you live. I respect that you use wisdom, you think before you act. So making a difference on our island means that we think before we act. Number two, that we see God's opportunities and they become our priority. God's opportunities become our priority. The next part of the verse says, make the most of every opportunity. Wow, make the most of every opportunity. Listen, let me tell you how opportunities come to you. There's really three ways. You ready for this? Opportunities come to you in open doors, in problems to solve, and in fresh ideas. That's how, that's how you make the most of every opportunity. You see open doors, you solve a problem, or you get a fresh idea. Let me give you an example of this. When we're talking about making a difference, did you know that, that um, in your church, um, every week, we do multiple markets for those who need food every single week? Because what we discovered is that there are people here who are working hard and doing their best, but they're unable to, uh, to feed their family and feed themselves and pay their rent. Anybody feel that pain? Absolutely. It's intense. And so we've learned that there's so many people that are like, man, our, our nutrition is actually suffering because of how expensive it is to live. And so we said that's something that we have to do something about. So we joined forces with an organization called the Food Share Network. And the Food Share Network became our partners. They provide the food. It comes out of the grocery stores. It hasn't expired, but it's been on the shelf as long as they want it there. We bring it, we get it to people, um, and so that they can enjoy it. It's still got life, but the life is short, okay? And I want you to know that through the Food Share Network and our mini markets, Last year, we gave away 52,000 pounds of food. Isn't that cool? That's an open door. But then guess what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for clapping. That's really awesome, actually. 52,000 pounds of food. But then we discovered a problem. It's not enough. Still, people are hungry. Still, there wasn't enough. People were going through the line and were running out. There's no more fresh vegetables. There's, there's no more uh, broccoli. There's no more, you know, this isn't like we're, we're, um, we're giving them filet mignon. This is like stuff that they just like need. So this was breaking our hearts. And we're like, so we have this problem. So what are we going to do? So this is where the fresh ideas come in. Someone in our community said, I know what we can do. We can start Coastline Farms. We'll make a partnership with a local farmer who's maybe aging out but has the property. We'll pay the water bill. We'll pay all the expenses. He he can show us how to do it. We'll plant all the seeds. We'll water it and we'll harvest it. And guess what? Coastline Farms was born. Isn't that amazing? That's a fresh idea. The cool thing is about that is we were giving, you know, we were were getting people... um, from the grocery shelf, we were, we were getting them food, you know, from the, from, the line, from, the, from the end of the line, you know. It's like, okay, this is the last chance for this food. And now we're giving them food that's coming fresh out of the field. Not off of the old grocery store shelves, but fresh out of the field. And we give away both still. And the thing is, is we're still harvesting right now. There's still stuff coming off those fields right now. And so why am I sharing that with you? Because... The Bible says that we should make the most of every opportunity. And that was an open door that revealed a new problem and a fresh idea that gave us now a new ministry. And that's powerful. 
It's beautiful, and it's an example for us of seeing God's opportunities and making them our priorities. This verse says, make the most of every opportunity. One version I read says, buy up every opportunity. I love it. Why? Because what it says is it's worth the cost. An opportunity, it might not be convenient. Remember we were talking about easy and convenient? Versus meaningful, deeply meaningful and life-changing. Listen, it may not be convenient, but buy it up because every opportunity that God gives you is worth it. It's worth the cost, so buy it up. Man, that's good preaching. Making it, oh yeah. Guys, you're getting good at this. Pastor Luke's just gonna come back next week and be like, man, Andy, what'd you do to my people? I'll be like, man, just set them on fire. There they go. You guys are awesome. All right, so making a difference on our island means, yes, we think before we act. Yes, we see God's opportunities and they become our priorities. But thirdly, we speak with grace, with grace. That's what the verse continues to say. Let your conversations be always full of grace. This phrase, full of grace in the Greek, is like a double meaning, full of grace. It means God's grace and it means human graciousness. It's like the goodness of God in Jesus and in you. It's the double meaning. It's full of grace. And then it goes on to say this, seasoned with salt. Come on, any, any cooks in the house? Anybody like to cook? Anybody like to get that salt? You know, that coarse salt that's in the, you, it's, it's not in the shaker. It's not, no, it's in the bowl. And what do you do with that coarse salt? Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. Pull out your Jamie Oliver, you know, you go, you just get the dish out and you just pour, taste it. Oh no, a little bit more salt. Man, I tell you, it's beautiful to think about your life as adding flavor in every way. Did you know that when we talk about someone being salty, it's a bad thing, right? Whoa, that was kind of salty. But in, in classic literature, salt was connected to this word, a word that we don't use very much. But it, in classic literature, when you saw the word salt, it meant wit. It meant charm, laughter, joy, uh, that, that, that extra something that walks in the room with you. And, and, and in, in this picture, we see what God is saying through his word. Let your conversations be full of grace. And by the way, use charm and good humor. And that's going to flavor all of your conversations in such an amazing way. You see, wit is attractive. My wife, Lisa, is one of the wittiest people I know. And I was actually talking to her, I'm like, Lisa, I'm writing this sermon and I need like a story, a story about how you were like super witty and I said this and then you said that and then we all laughed. And she goes, sweetheart, that happens all the time. <laughs> it's like, fine, but I want an example. Well, the truth is, it's just attractive when humor is present, when charm is there. Like, and I'm not saying you have to be Prince Charming. That's not the point here. The point is, is that there's something about your life where the grace of God is now flowing in you and, and, and you have joy and you have lightness and you have laughter. You know, one, uh, commentary said, uh, one commentator said this, some are under the impression that Christianity is by nature dull. And I mean, I might say flavorless, right? It's just a matter of seriousness and, you know, and that laughter is a form of heresy. Oh, that couldn't be further from the truth, guys. 
You see, the truth is, is what this verse is calling us to is the kind of Christianity that is joyful, that is light, that is free, that is kind, that is generous and gracious, and all along just taking salt and seasoning every conversation, just, just blessing people and bringing in the goodness of God with us. So let me encourage you. Be a Christian with a good sense of humor. <laughs> hey, be charming, be, be witty, like Jesus. He had a zest about life. He had a, a joy in his life, and it wasn't circumstantial. It was deeper. He brought joy. He told funny stories. He spent time in relationship and community. People were drawn to him. And the Bible says it wasn't because of his appearance. There was something else. God wants to give you that. Listen, be the kind of Christian who laughs, who tells great jokes, who really loves people, even the people that don't agree with you. And the result, Paul says at the end of this verse, is that you may know how to answer everyone. This is a call to be like Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. And when you begin to emulate him, the conversation flows and the answers come. You see, sometimes it's so hard to know how to answer in our world. It's confusing out there, hey? It's so confusing. I, it's a confusing time. We have rising ideologies. We have words being, you know, refabricated and redefined. And it's easy to feel unsure. It's super easy to feel angry or ostracized or like scared. But this word has a promise in it for you. That if you use grace as a guide for your words, and if you season those words with charm and good humor, Jesus says, this word says, that you can be certain that you're going to be able to give the right answer. You know, Jesus said, when you're, when you're hauled into court, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Spirit's going to help you. Listen, just live your life full of grace. Just season it with salt. So how is it that we become difference makers on Vancouver Island? You ready for it? I'm going to take the whole message and give it to you in one statement. We work hard. We mind our own business. We choose not to judge the world around us. We speak with grace. And when God opens a door, when an opportunity comes, we share the hope of Jesus with joy. That's how we become difference makers on our island. And in times like these, when the world seems kind of hostile and unkind, don't you think this is a good message? Don't you think this looks different? Don't you think this sets you apart in a beautiful way? Yeah, I sure think so. Some of you are saying, Andy, what does it really matter some of you are feeling pretty, pretty down. It's all going to go to pot anyway. There's wars everywhere. There's mess everywhere. But listen, when the world is going crazy, can't you see how important it is that we are rational, logical, sane? We're the people of God. We're the people of God. So here's my, here's my closing thought to you. Keep your salt. Just keep your salt, keep your joy, keep your wit, 
be light. Be free in the Lord. Let him use you and make the most of the opportunities he gives you so that you can make a difference. Let me pray with you. God, I thank you so much for the amazing, amazing young adults in this room and the, those who have gathered here who maybe aren't as young as they are, like me. We're all here together, Lord. And I, I just know what our heart is. Our heart is just that we would be able to truly do what our vision expresses, that we would be difference makers. And I pray that you would inspire us, not with some deep and heavy burden on our shoulders, but with the, the opportunity to be gracious and joyful and how in that we become agents of the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see open doors, that we would be busy, but not busy bodies, <laughs> that we wouldn't be in everybody's business, but we would be there to love and to help. And I pray, God, that you would help us to win the respect of those around us. And even if they don't agree, even if they don't accept our Jesus, may it be very clear that we're a different kind of people who have experienced a transformation that now allows us to have a lightness about our lives when the world is so heavy around us. Thank you for the attractiveness of the salt in our life that flavors everything around us. Thank you for using us, Lord, to truly make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen.